Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous team. Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. I'm a social distance to Michael Hamflit. And I'm still a social distance Adam Nicholas too, but Michael, another thing I still am is a man who likes to be called the front of the plane because as always... We are all business to begin with. You can follow this podcast on social media on both Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Horseman. While you're there, you can also follow either of your hosts. You can follow myself, Adam Nicholas, at It's Adam Nicholas, or you can follow Michael Hamflit. At Michael Hamflit. You can also follow along with the podcast on Spotify. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can follow on Acast. You can find the podcast embedded in the tweets at Podcast Horseman on Twitter. Uh, you can listen on Podbean. You can pretty much find us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'd love you to do just that. And later on in this episode, there will be a latest entrant into the Hollywood Talk of Fame. That's for anyone that leaves us a five-star review. We'd love it if you would. We don't mind doing this begging every single week because you know it's good for us. We know it's good for us. And we all want to talk ourselves horse about that talking horse. Fantastic. I'm very excited to see these, you know. For some reason, I've started to get really into them. Although we really need to get better at keeping on top of posting about them on social media. (laughs) That's my fault, not your fault. Anyway, something that isn't my fault is that this show even exists in the first place. But we do have Netflix to blame, who bring us our synopsis for this week's episode. We have season one, episode 11. And Michael, it's called Downer Ending. Isn't that lovely? Bojack embarks on a project in his typical Gonzo style, leading to a drug-fueled revelation. Um, Fear and loathing came to mind when I was watching (laughs) this. For many different reasons. I was going to say, what about the uh, the work of literature or film, or just your own feelings for deciding to watch Bojack? A, a, li- a little bit of everything. <laughs> this is the first of what we'll do at least six times, which is a, an episode 11 disclaimer, which is for people to strap in if they listen to this podcast, or indeed if they're just tuning in to Bojack along with this for the first time. Uh, this isn't easy, and it won't get any easier. So <laughs> just... Best of brief, yeah. Um, just ahead of a, a bit of a programming note, really, normally we do classic Bojack and then a little bit on the other Hollywood stars and celebrities and what they know. Uh, but this week, it's all classic Bojack, and I mean that in every horrific sense of the word. Um, the episode starts, innocently enough, with Diane and Bojack meeting with Pinky Penguin. They are still at odds over the state of the book after last week, if you recall, Bojack sacked Diane rather callously at the very end. Bojack just still doesn't get Diane's concept. Um it's a portrait of a flawed, real person. And in Bojack's word, 
Yeah, maybe that's what flawed, fat, fat, sad fatties want from other celebrities. But from Bojack Horseman, they want a heroic horse stud who is awesome and who can save them from their sad, fatty lives. <laughs> he believes himself to be distanced from the audience that he actually desperately needs to get and the very audience that both Pinky and Diane seem to think he will get. Pinky notes that Diane broke contract by leaking chapter one and two to BuzzFeed, which is important because obviously that's a justifiable reason for Bojack to let her go. Uh, but he loved the response too. He wanted it printed before the end of the week. Because that's when the repo men are taking the printers. Uh, <laughs> not for any sort of literacy urgency. Not for any, yeah, just, just for the sheer fact. It might not be here next week. <laughs> Mad financial panic motivates Pinky as usual. Bojack offers to write the whole book in five days instead. He brutally mocks Diane. He hits on all the things that he's grown to learn about her over the time they've spent together and over the time that we've spent with Bojack and Diane. Talks about her past awkwardness in high school, things of that nature. Mocks writing in general, suggests she has no great profession to speak of. He just abuses it into walking out of the meeting effectively. It's a total lashing out. And then he has a goal to turn to Pinky after she's left and apologise for her outburst. Uh, oh. It's unapologetic Bojack, and it's a very unapologetic scene to take us to the credits. It's this... He's so horrible in that scene. He's so horrible, isn't he? And as that, again, as we've mentioned many times in the show, the underlying thing there as well of like this male figure just being a complete dick to Diane mm. to the point where she just says, you really let me down. She doesn't even get angry with him. She just walks out. She's not mad. She's disappointed. It's, yeah. it's another case, I think, following on probably from the Decapathon payoff where normal television trains us to expect a bigger payoff or a bigger sort of a bigger set of reasoning for the characters last week was such a harsh ending of bojack just bojack fires diane credits straight mm. away and yeah. in normal television you would be left with sort of an explosive response to that and yet we come back bojack's unrepentant he's unapologetic the show has not asked this character to suddenly you know have this magic epiphany this magic change he's the complete arsehole he was when you were watching the last episode because that's kind of how human beings are diane included for her to even be in this meeting implies that they've gone there together in a kind of forced union even though he sacked her and to think about the things that if you would take this to be real to think about the things happening between these characters in a real story rather than just the magic of television moving from one scene to the next mm is almost as heartbreaking as what you're having to watch. It's a horror movie thing of the unknown being far worse than the things you know. We get that <laughs> real sense that he's not happy about all this and all is really, really not well between both of them. It's a world full of animals where people couldn't be more human, basically. Yeah. It's, uh, so from that, we go to Bojack in his office back at home, struggling to even start his book. He can't do this by himself, let alone in five days. He gets a call from Princess Carolyn, bollocking him for this whole mess, but she still can't convince him to change his mind. It's as if nobody the people that matter the most can get through to him the point that diane was trying to make with this book not for financial gain not for personal pride nothing like that he's just too desperate to be loved again and uh, he says he hates the real him so much that he can't really see a positive side uh, a big big line from the the end of this scene where he says i need to take a shower so i can't tell if i'm crying oh, or not god that's uh that's one of those sort of big moments of heartbreak we talked about nothing on the inside nothing on the outside from a couple of episodes ago it's shocking in season one that there can be powerhouse bits of dialogue like this that transport you into really into another show from the one we've had from just one episode ago. These are things we're getting in season one that are going to last a lifetime because it's it's just great writing, isn't it? It's well, it's instantly iconic, but it's because it's real. Because they it's can't, real. 
the the feelings that you that you get when you watch something like that can't be manufactured. You are hit. It's like a it hits you like a bullet, and then you just sent completely flying backwards by it. And it actually, I find that it, it, we're finding that we're reaching already earlier than I remember from when I watched BoJack Horseman the first time. We're reaching that point where I'm feeling a sense of a need of recovery after watching an episode mm. because of being hit so hard by it. Which is which, believe me, is a is an enormous compliment. That's not to sort of denigrate the show whatsoever. These are the moments where BoJack talks, and you you kind of want to just tap him on the shoulder and say. Can you just like lower your voice, please? Don't tell everyone about this <laughs> because it's too real, isn't it? It's like he's he really taps into your psyche sometimes, and you think, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. It's <laughs> it's too like it's so big, but then obviously we've discussed so much about the the drag before the gag or the gag before the drag, yeah. and then <laughs> to follow that immediately with a quick later that day follow through where Bojack is in bed deciding on fonts. And then learning that he's been at that for six hours, and you can still hear the sh- the shower going in the background in that scene. To oh imply, god! To imply that that intended shower has not yet happened because he spent six hours staring at Comic Sans is almost as depressing as the line itself. <laughs> the gist of that quite big gag is obviously that he's just really distracted. Um, so he picks up the manuscript again. He puts the laptop down. He picks up the manuscript. He starts reading Diane's book through, and we hear some stories through her narration in his head. Um, and it gives us a Bojack family flashback. So it's a flashback within Bojack's own mind through the story that Diane has told, if that makes total sense. Uh, we learn through Diane's narration that his mother was Beatrice Horseman, the heiress to the Sugarman Sugar Cubes fortune, and his father was Butterscotch Horseman, a working class uh, sort of alternative lifestyle guy to her that struggled and failed to provide the life that she expected from being born of such wealth. Mm. The flashback um, aggressively cuts away, as Bojack does, um, whenever being asked to talk about the, his youth. <laughs> yeah. And then because he doesn't want to think any more about that, he tries to dramatically burn a book in his little desk bin by like throwing it in the bin and setting the lighter. He makes the poof noise himself, but he's all the noise that it makes. There is no fire. The match gets stubbed out. Only in his own mind, just like the flashback, has this worked the way he wanted it to. The fact he ends up having to kick the bin over at the end as well, just out of sheer... <laughs> Because he needs a win and he gets it. It's, I thought it was very interesting. That we'll, we'll get more onto his parents later on, obviously. But it was very interesting that every time that he's tried to recall times with his parents, he's in complete denial, a complete fantasy land. And here he pulls out of uh, the real one to get into his fantasy land of this book going up in flames, this sort of like cinematic moment that feels how he wants it to feel rather than the actual reality, which Diane has quite clearly perfectly portrayed here. He, uh, he stomps through into the living room to bother Todd. Um, and work there instead. Uh, but he sees some toaster crumbs on the floor. So he uh, he has to deal with them. He goes to vacuum it, but the vacuum is blocked. So he goes to vacuum the vacuum, and that vacuum is blocked. So he's got a blocked vacuum vacuum and goes to buy a new vacuum. Uh, he buys seven vacuums from the... <laughs> from the utility shop um, to sit and vacuum each other. They're all on the floor connected to each other. And yet, notably, in the middle of the vacuums, the crumbs remain exactly where they were the whole time. So this distraction has gone so big that it is no longer doing the job that it intended to do other than stop him writing this book. This really felt like me at university in the year <laughs> one. This, this was the amount of procrastination that's going on in this scene is absolutely re- absurd, <laughs> absurd levels. But... The fact that he that that thing where you go into the room and you figure out all these bad things with the room and you can't get started before you have to do the thing and you keep sitting there proclaiming, God, I just need to write. He's, he obviously <laughs> doesn't want to write, but everything that keeps he keeps allowing things to get in the way and it's just wonderfully stupid. 
Todd sits there bored and he just shouts at him, breathe much? He's yeah. just, he's just <laughs> he, for just existing. He turns the page, doesn't he, on a script and Bojack's <laughs> like, God damn it, Todd, read louder much? <laughs> so he's trying still with the brilliantly with the vacuums all on. So he's got the crumbs oh. on the floor and the noise of seven vacuums. And he's thinking, right now this is perfect atmosphere he, for me to sit in right. He looks he looks kind of at home with all of them humming alongside him, doesn't he? He's like, ah, oh, this is good. <laughs> I suppose it's something to stop him actually thinking because his mind yeah. certainly isn't working the way it should. We get another flashback to his parents. Oh, my word. Uh, in Bojack's words, my parents loved me so much, it was crazy. It's the worst fantasy so far of him misremembering everything that we've been told so far about his parents. He uh, he upgrades in the fantasy an ice cream sundae to a sundae to a dreamsicle, which is some sort of, <laughs> some sort of unicorn ice lolly. Um, before, brilliantly, he snaps out of the flashback via butterscotch horseman bollocking young Bojack with a slap on the head. This is unbelievably dark, and on any other episode would surely be the darkest moment of the whole episode. The figment of Bojack's imagination, asking both Butterscotch Horseman and current-day Bojack, what did I do? It's just torturous. Absolutely torturous. It's dark, man. It's it's really... We get so many of these throughout this show. (laughs) For him to be snapped out of his own fantasy by his own dad, smacking him on the head. Is is something else? Child Bojack had a minging paper round, didn't he? Just, yeah, he, he was just the guy. He, he was the guy who had to carry all the yellow pages, wasn't he? That's how bad. <laughs> <it is. laughs> um. So anyway, he's again kind of like as you relate to like the dissertation in the first year or whatever that thing that we all want to do that we all put off. He works through all the other distractions, the all the other procrastinations. We see him going through booze. He's suddenly sat in a bath. He's trying to find the right music, and then he finally has the right music with which to take drugs. <laughs> Sarah Lynn's there with Doctor Who. Uh, Todd is on the floor with this giddy excitement. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You can't just go throwing Doctor Who in there and not give anybody any clarity about what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> the Doctor Who is somebody that we've only very briefly met through Sarah Lynn's latest escapades with Bojack. Um, but naturally, Doctor Who, H.U., uh, resulted in an entire who's on first routine between Bojack, Sarah Lynn and Todd, where they make all the necessary Doctor Who, Doctor What, Doctor Who, the BBC sci-fi show, blah, 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 only to find out that it is indeed Doctor Who, just with the HU. But this H-U. is Bojack Hawkman, so we don't get there before we've had the adventure playground of Doctor Who jokes and references. It is absolutely ridiculous. But he's there with Sarah Lynn because Bojack has clearly got in touch with her to get her best guy on hand to provide the worst pills or the worst cocaine or the worst God knows what else they're prepared to take that night. Well, There's another really sort of great thing that it's like Bojack's the only one that spots it in a universe of idiots, yes. which reminds me of Vincent Adultman, where even when there was the first mention of Doctor Who, Bojack Horseman's like, hang on, wait a second. And Sarah Lynn thought nothing of it. Nobody cares because they're so like sort of self-absorbed. Bojack can slightly escape the bubble and say, hang on, can nobody see what I can see here? But Hollywood moves too fast for any of that. Which is so weird because in every other aspect of his life, he is the last to know about everything. He doesn't <laughs> see anything. Even when it's literally slapping him in the head sometimes, he doesn't see it. And yet these tiny little moments are the ones where Bojack is recognises the most obvious thing and everyone around him just can't see it. It's another take on his observational humour, isn't it? He's yeah. asking every character in the room with him, do you get it? Do you get, you get it? it? And absolutely nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Doctor Who, does they do the Who's on first bit. Sarah Lynn, with a 
like a great line. And to be honest, Bojack's been such a douchebag in the last couple of episodes that it's quite cathartic to hear it. Um, she just reveals that she just laughs after Bojack talks some time, so he'll leave her alone, which right. is pretty potent when he's called around for this express purpose, obviously. Um, there's a really cute gag, a uh, visual gag, where Doctor Who, though incredibly irresponsible as he is, is explaining to Bojack how to take the pills for the most optimum effect. He says, for example, take three of these every hour, take two of these every half hour. As he does that, he passes the bottle to Bojack. The bottle is stolen out of Bojack's hand. Sarah Lynn guzzles the entire bottle. So nobody is going to follow any of these instructions. No. Nope. Um, he takes an almighty hit of them himself before, before going to perform child heart surgery and then leaves the scene with a face full of dust. Uh, and then Bojack <laughs> literally inhales his pills <laughs> through his face. It doesn't even really clarify with his nose or his mouth or just in general. The general dust that goes on his face is ridiculous. Might as well just have been slapping like a burger <laughs> into his gob, but it just yeah. killed ahead of him doing yeah. open heart surgery on a child. Doctor Who is not a good guy. Not um, a good guy. So the, the gang, almost in this sort of cartoon way, exclaimed that we got a book to write. And uh, the next cut to is Todd, Sarah Lynn and Bojack fiercely typing away, sharing various old war stories. Bojack is still really angry with Diane. Um, but there's a one telling moment that things are not going to be what they seem to this evening. This is not a night on the Pro Plus getting that dissertation finished because Bojack loses four hours in a split second when he uh, tries to finish an anecdote that Sarah Lynn started. It's only then that she makes him realise, oh, we were talking about that like four hours ago. There is already like an implied edge to the conversation at this point. There are wired eyes. Their typing is so quick as if to suggest that they're either full of anecdotes or it's just complete gibberish, but we know that all is not what it appears on the surface to Bojack. Indeed, and you get this through uh, the, the... We're all talking. Believe it or not, worlds colliding, Michael. Worlds <laughs> are colliding, Jerry, because we get the Hulk Hogan reference in this episode. That's right, we? yeah. Hulk Hogan yeah. guesting on an episode of Horsing Around. Can you imagine what that looks like, brother? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I want the episode, if the if the creators of Bojack Horseman were ever to get together to make one special, I would want the Hulk Hogan episode of Horsing Around, I think. And what would it be called? It would be called Hogan Around, wouldn't it? Oh, very nice. Hogan was... Around. Someone's oh. going to have to do this. I was thinking Horsing knows best, but I think that's better. <laughs> 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 so, at, least yeah. he's saying, at least Bojack's saying his prayers and eating his vitamins, though, by the looks of it. <laughs> very nice. Very, very good, brother. Um, so, yeah, we, we're kind of aware that things are starting to take a turn, as indeed they should, because of all the drugs they've completely inhaled. Uh, Bojack goes to the toilet and sees a non-animated horse in the mirror, which is interesting <laughs> because we're watching an animated show and he, to him is the horse and animation because he's the real person. But either way, are we about to see the real self? Is that the sort of implication? I should point out, uh, for your benefit and for anybody listening to the podcast, that I'm about to list a series of events uh, that happen as Bojack continues on this trip. So what would you take first on this particular real-life horse looking back at him in the mirror? Well, two things for me. This was an immediate highlight of things are about to get really weird. That was the first thing. That <laughs> was, was the immediate tell, thing. It was a tell. It was a tell. It was an immediate yeah. tell. Uh, the second thing, though, was just how jarring it felt, like, to, to see a real a real horse in this show. I know that sounds weird, but, like, we talk about it often in this show where they managed to, despite the animation, they managed to, you forget about all of that, yeah. and you just, you see, it's just, it's, it's person A, person B, it doesn't matter what they are. A horse, a dog, a cat, doesn't matter. 
we just see people in this show now, which credit to us for not seeing uh, for not seeing animal. Um, <laughs> but I think the, the the actual appearance of the horse was. I remember the first time watching this, and it just felt so jarring, like a shock to the system. I know they've done it in loads of shows before. I remember that happening in The Simpsons and shows yeah. like that where Homer drops in and out of different animation style, which is always a welcome thing in a show like this. But it felt so jarring because I knew that it shouldn't have been there, which then sets us up perfectly for this Lemony Snicket-esque series of unfortunate events. That's very nice. It does. It's, it is. It's there intentionally to shake your foundations, isn't it? Because yeah. the last thing they want you want is steady footing for the things you're about to endure, basically. This is, we are building up to the fact that this is basically a bad trip episode. This is not a trope that Bojack Horseman has invented, as you pointed out. There's uh, Lemony Snicket as a series of unfortunate events, but you've also got the likes of The Simpsons and Family Guy that have animated shows have been able to use like the 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 far-reaching breadths of the of the medium indeed to be able to make this look as wild as they want it's the sort of thing where you can make your imagination run wild uh because why would you not uh brother. Tele- <laughs> television and film we've seen in the likes of train spotting where the the lengths they have to go to physically um you're probably picturing Ewan mcgregor falling down a toilet as i described that was the immediate thing that was the immediate thing such incredible imagery is required in real life they can cheat in so many ways in animation yeah. and but welcomingly so this is quite incredible so it's probably just the easiest to kind of talk everybody through the trip but this is absolutely every episode of bojack's a must watch but this is a must watch to bring these visuals to life if indeed you are listening along and haven't yet found this episode or you've watched it once and are listening it's worth almost going back because none of my words will do it justice because mm. like the colors the vibrancy oh. of it all, the terror of it all is 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 it's a it's a work of art in its own way. Just before you start, I will say that is exactly it. This is imagine a, a group of animators getting the getting the opportunity to do this. They've been told we're going to do this weird weird sequence that's going to happen in the show, and I just imagine that was a it must be like an absolute dream when someone allows them to do something like this because the amount the amount of different animation styles, the amount of different methods they use inside this are just absolutely stunning and it was the first real moment for me where i was like there's a lot of potential in this show that we haven't yet explored well it's just it's the beauty of just something completely hideous isn't it they've found a way to make it at least visually beautiful um so yeah where to start here so bojack leaves the bathroom having seen the real version of himself in the mirror uh todd and sarah lynn in his mind have switched clothes they start speaking backwards they discuss an ending to the book where Bojack moves to Maine, which is the implication that he's going to be with Charlotte. We'll get back to that later on. Um, and he kills himself by drowning in a lake for the titular downer ending of this very episode. Um, Sarah Lynn thinks that's a bit of a drab ending and pitches murdering him. And the three of them absolutely love the idea. Todd, <laughs> Todd and Sarah Lynn try and stab him. It merely ends in a few cuts, even though they're wielding all sorts of knives. Um, Todd and Bojack get trapped in an escalating weapons war that goes from knives to guns to giant guns that are actually brooms, but in their mind, they're taking on the whole world with these AK-47. Um, they've got this moment of reality where Todd no longer thinks Bojack is a good person, and that seems to hurt Bojack worse than discussion of his suicide or worse than his death. Mm. Just that moment of reality that Todd still knows what he did, and that still really stings. Todd then takes back out of it because he goes, let them eat guns. And we get what would again prove to be a very famous visual of the pair of them strapped to the nines in bullets and guns, taking on God knows who. We just see the shot of them. It's almost like a breakout from a a cartoon film or something like that, where they're just they're taking on the whole world together. It's the fantasy union that Bojack wants, but has probably lost. It's almost like they've walked into the Decapathon together to do the damage. 
but can't anymore because it's that that's torn them apart. Um, and probably a good point to pause, they take more drugs. <laughs> they do take more drugs, but most tellingly here for that exact moment is where they think that they've cracked the gun the gun violence in America. <laughs> in, in the sense that if everybody's just got a gun, then there's no problems. <laughs> Which I think is quite nice because... Obviously, what this episode doesn't want to do is glorify drug use. And no. there's that kind of cliched take that you hear sometimes. And some TV and film is guilty of this, where it almost makes the world seem better. Um, there's lots. It's normally things like um, cannabis or mushrooms, where the idea is that the people sit together and set the world to rights mm. and that it makes everything better. And obviously, drugs is a really complicated and murky thing to get into. And the last thing the show wants to do is glorify that in any way, not least to the excesses that they all go to at the very start. And I think that's quite a good way of doing it because it just reduces the characters. It's one thing to see daft visuals and things like them coming at Bojack with knives. But mm. that just reminds you that this is not a functional way to write a book. This is not. You can watch a million Rolling Stones documentaries and you can love uh, the Beatles years where they were like sort of deep into hallucinogenics and things like that. But this isn't the show, nor should there be a show to provide the glorification of that. Um, we get that two days later title card come up and Bojack is flat on the floor. Um, he's woke up, though, by Diane, who agrees, weirdly, that he was right all along um, about the book and then wants them to write the book together. Bojack, obviously horribly strung out and hung over from the bender, just suddenly seems warmed by the idea, and then they come together, and then they kiss. Finally, she reciprocates this time. Uh, and then her eye pops out, her tongue goes lizard like and she morphs <laughs> into like, uh, I was going to say anthropomorphous, but that does this down because that's a lot of what this show is. Just it some does. sort of mutant blob. There's a hydra element to it where there's four or five Dianes coming out of her original head and what's left yeah. of it. Eyes are popping out, vessels are everywhere. It is absolutely hideous. The truest, realest, most heart-wrenching <laughs> character in the show has been reduced to this ugly, ugly scene as a result of kissing Bojack. It's the opposite of the oh. frog becoming a prince. It's all that sort of stuff. It's, and it's, straight, it's straight out of a John Carpenter film, this, isn't yeah. it? Straight out, straight out of the thing, she looks so weird. And the fact that it's literally Bojack that turns her to this like, <laughs> is, is even more telling. It's quite nice, though, because uh, the last thing she says before she completely just blows into this blob is, not this again, I ate too, many, too pancakes. many pancakes. <laughs> and then that's the moment, because Bojack realises he's lost Diana and says, oh shit, I'm still tripping. And <laughs> <laughs> the panic that this trip is not over is really quite funny. Um, before the, the title card gives us, actually not two days later, just two minutes later. Aww. So again... These drugs are still going wrong. Uh, we go back to the trips, and I'll try and get through these as quick as I can. So Bojack is charging away from the Diane blob and into his own psychosis. We see him being bullied at school in a flashback with that sort of particular animation style of something that has happened for real, but something that we're not seeing happening right now, which is quite a unique use of that. We've seen that, I think, with Diane before in the past so far. Um He's been forgotten at kickball, which is something that we learned about earlier in the episode that he wanted to do with Child Bojack, but he was just not picked up by Butterscotch. Um, we see him sneezing on Marissa Tomei. <laughs> <laughs> him fighting with the cancer-stricken Herb Kazaz from a couple of episodes ago. 
we see endless and increasingly terrifying Mr. Peanut Butters. There's like a hall of Mr. Peanut Butters that he charges through, ending with one where he's hanging off the V-line neck of Mr. Peanut Butters' T-shirt from the last episode. Then we see Bojack suddenly... With... You, should, you should clarify, it's a giant Mr. Peanut Butter as well, that one. foot tall, that Mr. Peanut Butter, sorry. Bojack is but a fly buzzing around the V-neck of Mr. Peanut yeah. Butter's shirt. Um, we then see him without outlines, and interestingly, acknowledging that he is a man without outlines, he is yeah. in the animation himself at this point. He's uh, swimming in his own painting that is in his office in the wall. Um, he's then undrawn by the artist and erased completely with the rubber of a pencil, um, while saying, this is all I am and this is all I'll ever be on the set of Horsing Around. Um, he's watching Charlotte leave for Maine through some cardboard trees, uh oh god oh the, jimmy the child sarah lynn <laughs> i'm laughing because i think if i don't laugh i'll cry he's <laughs> on her knees in front of his lap right this is i'm going to say this now because we could say this a lot in this episode this is the darkest line of the episode this is the darkest line of the episode child sarah lynn is on her knees speaking in adult sarah lynn voice Asking for a penis butter and vajelly sandwich. <laughs> Take a minute on that. Take a minute on that. Um, we got to old Todd still angry about Decapathon and shaming him for being a bad friend. Todd is about 100. I have to say, I forgot about old Todd. And when I oh. saw it again, it got me <laughs> so good. Uh, Bojack is sinking on the Hollywood tar and saying he can't escape to Maine. Um, child Bojack being forced to sing by his mother, which if we hadn't just been asked for a penis butter and the jelly sandwich by a child, this would have taken the award for the worst moment of the episode. <sighs> Beatrice says oh, to Bojack. Just, just before you move on there as well, big shades of Bojack and Sarah Lynn on the set of Horsing Around where she's under the table and Bojack's trying to talk her out from under. Oh, yeah, like the, the same experience that he's gone through that he's now ended up projecting onto her because, of course, when yeah. we first saw that scene, we imagined that he would be supportive and he kind of bollocks her into getting on with it. It was more, it was more an aggressive version of the show must go on than a sort of arm around the shoulder, wasn't it? Just keep dancing, um, wasn't it? Just keep, that's it, just keep dancing. The dynamic between the two is so skewed, but it obviously comes from Beatrice and Bojack. There is a, a party going on where um, Beatrice has got friends around and she Bojack is hiding under the table, not wanting to do the performance that she's asked. And she just says, nobody gives a damn how you feel. You've got an audience out there and they want to hear you sing. If you want mommy to love you, you are going out there and you do the only goddamn thing you're good for, singing the goddamn lollipop song. Oh, I mean, man. We've seen the abuse that Bojack has suffered as a child before. And, you know, this is no laughing matter, nor is it being played for laughs, but it is quite crucial for informing what we are gradually learning more and more about Bojack's character. Not the only, that, the only thing you're good for is to sing the goddamn lollipop song. I mean, he never stood a chance, did he? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. He had no chance, did he? He never stood a chance. He, uh, the bad trip is not even over. He goes uh, from a graveyard where his parents are buried, but he's not because why would anybody care about him in death? Um, he goes into a Peanuts Charlie Brown skit with Diane, where he is indeed the Charlie Brown character. Um, Diane is, again, full of wisdom, and all she wants for that wisdom is five cents. That's all she needs, but she instead she fades off into the background because he doesn't deserve someone like a Diane. And then suddenly he's chopping wood and living that perfect life in Maine with Charlotte. It is and I can't understate this, blissfully perfect. We see him there just talking about having a chat with somebody down in the town. They're in that beautiful log cabin by the lake. He's woken up at that point by Princess Carolyn to tell him that he has submitted a work, but it's total and utter gibberish. Um, but at least in that moment, it does feel real, even if that reality is absolutely terrible. Let's not understate this either. When Bojack wakes up, despite... Like him being in that perfect little dream world in Maine with Charlotte and basically watching what could potentially be his life if he had just made some better choices, probably. Mm. Um, And then the snap back to reality, thank you very much, Mr. Slim Shady, was (laughs) where his phone goes off and he's lying on his side in a pile of his own sick in the rain in a car park outside of Pelican's Bar. I mean, or Pelican's Bar, should I say. Is that what... What a horrible snapback reality that is. It's quite relatable as well, isn't it? Because the dreams are the ones... <laughs> is it? <laughs> not that bit, not anymore. But the, uh, the the snapping back out of a dream is the sort of thing that you're always like, ah, oh, that dream was brilliant. Yeah. But the anxiety dream is the one that you sometimes can't get out of as much can't as you get out of. Mm. So even, even at sort of just that level, um, for that to be the point at which things stop, for that's the point for him to escape out of this trip, was the one that he would probably have quite happily just stayed in. Um, the kind of the implication really when she goes to those cardboard trees just to go back into that trip was that it would have just been Bojack not choosing horsing around it was a, a kind of fork in the road from at that point there was all the reasons to say yes to, to horsing around however leaving with Charlotte just could have got there first well because obviously seconds before we got old Todd and as funny of a visual as that is you get he stood, isn't he, on a, in a fork in the road between two versions of life that Bojack could have taken. One is a very simple path, and one is this swirling weird path that goes into a vortex of space and utter madness, which is obviously, <laughs> is well, I'll let you decide which one he picked. But the fact that we see him and Charlotte and this life they built together with a kid mm. that, like this... It's perfect, isn't it? It's yeah. I, I, honestly, I get warm inside when I watch it. Like it's so nice seeing it. 
Bojack happy and you think, God damn it, it would be they're never gonna they're never gonna give us this, are they? <laughs> the, the swines, they're gonna make us love him so much. I mean, as a parent, I knew it was a complete fantasy. Um, but it was really <laughs> It was really quite sweet. There was a, a just a lush moment of a dialogue between the two. So they have a daughter, Harper. We see her growing up with Bojack and Charlotte. And then there's a point where she's a teenager. She's splashing in the water with like a young lad that's come around. And uh, the Bojack and Charlotte are looking on from a bench, just trying to play it cool. But their daughter is obviously falling in love for the first time. Um, Charlotte suggests that maybe she's not, uh, he's not right for her. And the only reason she's got for that is because he drives a motorbike. And to think of the things that Bojack has done while, say, getting in a relationship with Sarah Lynn or all the women that he's been with because they're all yeah, someone's women. daughter. They're yeah, all yeah. someone's daughter. Yeah. And the things that he has done and the negative toxic influence that he has been, and yet he's the one just talking Charlotte down because this young lad's got a motorbike. They are they are polarising worlds. Polarising yeah. worlds. So weird. But we are, indeed, out of the trip. We are in our own sick outside the bar, as it were. Um, <laughs> so, so back to reality we are, and uh, we're next find ourselves outside a theatre where there is a ghostwriter convention being held by Pinky Penguin. It's not going well because, well, fundamentally, Nicholas, it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's it, like... doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't help when nobody seems to understand what a ghostwriter convention <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> There's only like four or five people there until Bojack arrives. Um, he's obviously come to find Diane. He, uh, they've got one of them Q&A mic stands in the middle of the floor to ask the authors any questions. Um, and he takes the floor uh, in the middle of the Q&A and agrees to go with her book, go with her version of events. Uh, he says the reason he hated it was that he hated that that was what she thought of him, which, as you point out, is the difference between her being a ghostwriter and a memoirist. Mm. He, this is still an extension of him realising that he's fallen in love with somebody that could maybe be perfect for him. And then he's read this back and thought, well, that's who I am to her. That's who I am to the perfect person. And mm. um, that's, again, another mirror moment, having seen this real horse in the mirror early in the episode. Uh, but he does have a question. It's a Q&A. Uh, he asks, uh, is it too late for me? Am I doomed to be this person? Tell me it's not too late. I need you to tell me that it's not too late. I need you to tell me that I'm a good person. Diane doesn't respond. Tell me, please, Diane, that I'm good. The uh, The camera pans out. We hear the splashes of water in the background from uh, Bojack's perfect life by the lake. He just stares. Diane doesn't respond. One audience member pipes up and says, Hey, aren't you the horse from horsing around? Hard cut to the credits. Hard oh, cut to the credits, indeed. Oh man, you said, you said that that Sarah Lynn line was the darkest line in the show, <laughs> and I don't think it is. I really think this one is the one that hits. Maybe, maybe they are different. Dark's probably not the right word for this, is it? But this is the one that hits you the most, I think. Um, I remember, I remember the first time you saw this. I remember the first time I saw this. Uh, and the discussion being uh, happening in the situation where it was just like, wow, like this, the fact that it's sort of spotlighted by him being on the microphone in the middle of this, the setting, obviously the ghostwriter convention ends up being the perfect setting for this really harsh and sort of unguarded moment of Bojack's, but ultimately it gives us this moment that we weren't expecting, but he's, he's just, the fact that he's desperate for Diane to tell him that he's good and that there's still hope for him and that maybe you can turn it all around. And I mean, we can't say it wasn't as advertised. It was a downer ending. <laughs> and it certainly was. 
it's uh, the the idea that she would be the sole point of validation and can't give him it to the uh gotta just give credit because we probably don't do it enough in this show but the uh just because it's animation it doesn't mean that it's not doesn't make wonderful use of like cinematography and the uh, the way in which the slow pan out from bojack where we're left to look at him and he just gets smaller and smaller and smaller physically and in status while we kind of wait for the the camera as it were to cut back to diane and it never does. You're just made to look at Bojack as he gets shriveled until the very moment when he's verbally shriveled by that person's question of that same question he's had the whole time. Aren't you the horse from horsing around? And I think it's there's something really, really special about the fact that this episode ends with Bojack, a, a dialogue between Bojack and Diane where Bojack is the on the losing end, if you will, mm. of this, this conversation. And it cuts off before we get any real strong resolution and then we go back to last week's episode the cut at the very end it's bojack who's the aggressor this time diane is the one who gets left hanging out to dry with the cut and that can't be that can't be a coincidence the fact that we get the receipt from last week so quickly that's interesting as well because it expresses the difference between those two characters bojack uh bojack has that effect by a big ugly bombastic gesture diane does it by saying absolutely nothing silence just silence her, speaks louder doesn't it it really it does. does her words are meaningful so she's not going to waste them yeah exactly it's, it's rough it's rough it really is rough and but at the end of the day as always this show does provide some light relief yes please unfortunately, yes, please. unfortunately michael i'm not sure i've got a ton of it <laughs> not, <laughs> not what i mean by that is not a ton of light relief i've got a lot to talk about but not a great <laughs> deal of gags per se if you will um, but yes, this is the part of the show where we go back to the very beginning and we go through all of the hidden gags, all of the jokes, all of the Easter eggs, everything within the episode that you might have missed and basically just big, put a big arrow next to it and tell you where it is. Um, so let's go right back to the beginning, all the way back to Penguin Publishing, Michael. First off, the very first thing we see in this is there's some very bad weather. Michael, yeah. some very bad weather. And we see a bird who's walking down the in the street in the rain. Uh, he's got a briefcase. He's in a suit. He's got an umbrella. He's having a real hard time. But as the camera cuts away, we see he's actually walking in the air because he's a bird. So he's just... <laughs> and then eventually is overcome by the gust of wind. He goes flying, as does his briefcase and all of the contents inside it, which... To be fair, it's, you could probably just end the episode there and the effect would pretty much be the same, I think. Yeah, that's it. The, the briefcase was Bojack's life and everything's yeah. just been scattered into the weather. It's funny because when I watched this, the bird was saying in his head, call me the front of the plane because I'm all... And then just before he got there, he just got <laughs> blasted away by this huge gust of wind. When we're not socially distancing, the next time you do that, I'm just going to push all your papers off the table. <laughs> I don't use papers, I'm a professional. Let <laughs> um, me go inside, inside Pinky Pen. Pink, pink. Oh, this gets me every time. Inside Penguin Publishing, we see a few little side gags inside the room. Pinky is sitting on a box of books because he just can't afford you know, the chairs anymore. We've seen this before. Diane was being balanced on something. Well, now it's Pinky who's very kindly given them probably the last two computer chairs that exist <laughs> inside Penguin Publishing at this point. You just see the shelves are broken in half on the bookshelf. It's really, really sad. There's a mug. If you remember from the very first episode where they've, I can't remember, I should have quickly looked that up, but it's the the thing that he invests all the money in and this like weird um, show that or this yes. weird book series is never going to take off. Well, there's two mugs from that that are catching rain <laughs> as it falls through the roof of Penguin Publishing. Um, and also on his desk is a mug that says, world's third best dad. Oh, God. 
world's third best dad. How does that even work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works, but it's a real, real good. I think I need to feet March of the Penguins to understand yeah. the, uh, the biology of that. We go to the opening credits and then we go through to Bojack on his laptop. Now, as you will see, he's trying to get away and write that new chapter for a brand new book. There's an absolute plethora of things, visual things here on the laptop screen. In the background, his desktop background is the picture we've seen before of him lying nude on the floor <laughs> across that bearskin rug. The bear still doesn't look very happy about it, I should say. There's a bunch of stuff on screen, documents, folders, etc. There's a couple of letters that he's written. One letter is a letter to O2. I assume it's O2, the phone company O2, because <laughs> I don't know who else it would be. Although it might be something different because this is America and I don't know if they have O2 in America. Mm. I guess you'll have to, you'll have to it, at Podcast Horseman, let us yes, know if we've got that one wrong. But that's what it struck me as. There was also a letter to the moron who won't publish my letters. <laughs> <laughs> and also another letter to his editor. Well, there's a bunch of folders and this is where things start to get a little bit more interesting. One folder is just called, in air quotes, research. <laughs> there's, a, there's another folder called Bojack Fan Club. There's another folder called Horse and Around Fan Club. There is a, a icon for a hard drive on his computer, but it's called Horse Drive. Nice. Um, then there's then there's a bunch of icons that say not porn, which has <laughs> which 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 has the icon of an outlined woman in a sort of sexy position, but it's actually a bird woman. Nice. Uh, there's one that says the next one that says definitely not porn, which <laughs> the lo the logo is three X's across the side of it. <laughs> And then there's a third folder just lazily put together that just says not porn too. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath research. Underneath the research is for porn. <laughs> um, then as we go to Princess Carolyn's office, there's a great gag here when she's on the phone to Bojack. And just before she can start really properly talking, she coughs up. She goes, ah. <laughs> but she's got a hairball in the back of her throat. It's a wonderful gag. And then when she goes to, to quote a bit from the book that Diane's written, she says, Ahem. Ahem. <laughs> the human cough is something she's human the cough. cough is the... <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, but I did find it hilarious when she said, all publicity is good publicity. That guy who killed all those teachers and ate their fingers, he just got married in jail. And when this book comes out, you could be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we do, as we've said, finally meet Doctor Who, who we find is, of course, Doctor Alan Who, from Barbados School of Medicine, <laughs> uh, and then it just says offshore medicine on his on his um, business card, as it I were. He's doing everything he can to help in these trying times that we're all experiencing at the moment. Here's one pouring out for Doctor Who. He's probably working pouring incredibly out for hard. Who. Yeah. He either is, or he's just putting dust in his face at this point. Who knows? I, he's probably not poured one out, is he? He's probably <laughs> drank it. He's just sniffed one in. <laughs> um, there's also a little gag where Bojack says when they're writing the book, and Bojack says 216 pages. Holy shit, that's almost as long as The Firm by John Grisham. <laughs> <laughs> is that? Brilliant. You raised a point in an earlier episode where the mention of a celebrity or the use of a celebrity is often yeah. just the pop the boys in the writer's room or just something like that. To shine a light. Is that just a fabulous dig at a John Grisham book? Or Great is there an RBW like feeling either, towards it's, it's fascinating he, that to think exactly either he's read it once or or i feel like someone in the writer's room once told him he should write he should read it and he just thought it was way too long for what it should have been <laughs> who knows answers on a postcard or at podcast horseman whatever you feel um as we go through the how to end the book bojack and uh, todd and 
uh, Sarah Lynn are having a discussion on how they should end it. Todd comes out in the middle of this drug fueled rant where he says, maybe it was Earth all along, of course, a reference to Planet of the Apes. Although, oh. although I did also get vibes from his from his rock opera. I felt like that was a little bit there. It's just like a little <laughs> nod. Because it's all a bit weird, that, isn't it, in his rock opera? It would only be the um, end of the first chapter in his rock opera. <laughs> there's no way that's an ending. God, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> but then there's a great gag where Todd Todd says, Todd gets alarmed because Bojack pulls out his gun and says, oh, don't worry, it's just it's just my lighter. And he goes to light the cigarette and blows the end of his cigarette off <laughs> with the gun, shoots it to bits, but then says, in the middle of all this, this is when Bojack is talking to Todd, Todod says, is that just your gun-shaped lighter? Or is that your lighter-shaped gun? Obviously, in a reference to the previous episode where him and Diane were travelling through the airport. But then, as he realises it is his gun, he says, Shit, I guess it is my gun. Then what did I do with my lighter? And what did I give to that baby? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't even want to know what happened in that situation. Um, as we see, obviously, Diane, we talk about her, she has that weird transformation where she turns into the thing, obviously, in a little nod, in a way, to um, John Carpenter as the thing. She goes all weird and... Um, Cronenberg, is it Cronen Cronenberg? Where, where fly, yeah. That, that weird kind of thing yeah. going on there. But then we take a dive from that moment into Bojack's brain. And mm. this is where my notes got very long indeed. <laughs> we see a bunch of stuff, as you alluded to, we go through this weird dream sequence where Bojack revisits a bunch of things. And as we first get into his brain, there's a bunch of miscellaneous objects in there that kind of build, build up what he must be thinking about, the things he hates the most about himself, probably. And the list is as follows, Michael. We start off with apple muffins, of course, what he took from Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, oh. back earlier on. There's a bottle of whiskey, which Bojack has shown an affinity to quite so far on this show. There's the an, a bunch of article headlines within his head. One of them is, where's the D article, of course, the missing mm. D, the Hollywood sign, which, of course, appears in the exact same moment we see the D floating around in the background at the centre of this universe. I wonder what mm. that could be in reference to. Uh, there's the, the card that Bojack writes for his dad that's in the shit of a heart that just says daddy on it. Mm. That hurt me a lot. There's the book Secretariat is in there too. There's also the other headline from Bojack when he was making up headlines earlier in the season where it says, stupid Bojack writes a stupid book about his stupid life. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> that is just sat there waiting to be seen. Of course, as we move further along, though, we get a few more... Shall we see the dark ones? We get the telescope that he shares between himself and Herb Kazaz. We get his TV guide award. In, in amidst all of this, he still cares about those uh, those materialistic things. <laughs> uh, we get the, an article that says, Horsing Around Cancelled, which obviously weighed heavy on him. There's some cotton candy in there. We've seen that come into play a few times. <laughs> Toaster strudels that have been snapped in half. There's the Decapathon number seven game, uh, or Decapathon seven, rather. There's the D pendant that Mr. Peanut Butter gives to Diane. Mm. There's just a bunch of miscellaneous drugs because, of course, there's an article that says muffin kerfuffle because there's nothing funny, Michael, about taking a meal from Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL. <laughs> uh, and also, on the same topic, even the bag of steel hamburger buns is in there. It's just Yeah, I did spot them, yeah. It took me a second to remember what they were, but they are there. Um, then we go into the next bit where Bojack, as you mentioned, is being laughed at uh, at school. I was getting some real Ralph Steadman vibes from this, the whole fear and loathing kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Even such as the book cover being that weird orangey-purple colour. I feel mm. like that was a nod. This is a weird drug trip. After all, it feels right that they should reference a man who was the visual guide, visual guide rather, for one of the weirdest, most psychedelic writers of all time in <laughs> uh, Hunter S. Thompson and his mad drug-fueled epics. Um, we get young Bojack waiting to be picked up. We've got that stunning 
same sort of style across the back of that. And of course, in the in Marissa Tomei moment when he forge is sneezing on here, there's like the the actual cover for that, in which a weird thing, it turns to yellow and green instead of orange and purple or pink as it is in the previous ones. Actually, a re-release of Fear and Loathing came out in those exact colours as well. So wow. I don't know if deeper not to that, or maybe I'm just looking into it and really like well, the I, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's that's probably them. That's probably spot on. Maybe on the money. Uh, there's an, an encounter that Bojack has with Herb when he, he's Bojack is he's replaying that moment where Herb tells him he won't forgive him. Mm. Uh, and in the background, we see is a kaleidoscope background, of course, in a little yes. nod when Diane bought him the kaleidoscope to distract him in the car. <laughs> There is a Silver Spoon Diner, which we've seen them in this show at multiple times. It's just full of Mr. Peanut Butters, and we get that giant Mr. Peanut Butter. But the, the key moment here being Bojack hanging on to that V on the ship. Yeah. It's always referenced in the last episode. Peanut Butter losing his mind about the V. <laughs> <laughs> the deeper meaning here because of him hanging, literally hanging on to Mr. Peanut Butter's shirt. It was such a visual, and Peanut Butter looking like the evilest, evilest dog <laughs> on planet Earth. Um, we got uh, him swimming in the in the painting of his own. You know, we see the it's weird. It's like a his version of his painting that's on the wall, which is a version of David Hockney's painting. Yes, it's layer upon layer. This one. Um, there was a lovely line here as well where Diane says, "No, Bojack says, shouldn't we help him? Is he and Diane are watching on?" And she says, "No, he loves treading water." Oh, mm. oh, too intense for me. There's a bit where Bojack is on a Hollywood set that. Is tech a Hollywood set that's technically his house, and the floor turns to tar, of course, in reference to Charlotte saying that Hollywood is a tar pit, and she's in, actually in the scene at the same time. The gravestones in the graveyard where Bojack is, we see, of course, Beatrice Horseman, we see Butterscotch Horseman. There's also two ones I noticed in the background. There's a bunch, they're quite hard to make out. These were the mm. only two I could properly decode because they're, they're deliberately scrawled on so you can barely read them. But one of them says, Crossbred horse duck, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And there's one even further in the back that I swear to God, Michael Hamlet says Yorkshire pudding. I'm almost saying, <laughs> like, I swear to God, it says Yorkshire and then it looks like pudding. It has to be pudding. So, um, right now, what you're saying is that in the, like an alternate universe, because there is just infinite universes, someone's doing like podcast horseman right now about Yorkshire pudding. And- <laughs> The Bojack Horseman character has just raced through the graveyard of, of Yorkshire Pudding. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> um, there's only I've only really got two last little ones here. Diane, of course, as you mentioned, is uh, on her memoirist little lemonade stand, essentially five cents ago, and she's in the style of the pe- the Peanuts comic style, which you've mentioned already. Um, really added, added to this, I thought, uh, that moment. And then finally, uh, the last little tidbit I have from here is that. When we're in the right, the ghost writers convention, you will see, as you mentioned, there's only six people in attendance, but one of them at the very back just so happens to be one of the escaped convicts from oh. who has got out and is obviously still on the run, but and took enough time to go and see <laughs> ghost writers in Hollywood were doing, which I thought was lovely. But those are all genuinely, despite it being such a weirdly deep into the psyche episode for Bojack. That is mm. all we have in terms of horses around this week and all of the little hidden bits, but. As always, we've reached the point in the show where sometimes we don't, or we didn't get a chance to tell you about a certain thing. We like to call this, Michael, one last thing, and then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this podcast forever. Now, I'm going to go first this week. Okay. Did I let you go first or did I go first? I can't remember. In fact, I welcome one more thing. Okay. I'll give you one more because technically there is actually one more little hidden thing, but I kept a hold of it because I like 
much. Uh, Aaron Paul, Michael, makes an appearance in this episode, not just as Todd. He actually right. in the episode, or certainly referenced, I've kind of played with it a little bit there, he's referenced within this episode when uh, Todd is talking and he speaks backwards in the episode. If yeah. you are to reverse what Todd says, mm-hmm. you will find out that he says, I'm, I'm talking backwards, Aaron Paul is dead. Wow. <laughs> Indeed, which is, of course, a nod to the weird thing on the Beatles records where it was Paul is dead, oh, Aaron dead. Paul is dead. All a little tie in there. So that's what happens when you've got too much time on your hands. <laughs> what Todd says. So there you go. A nice little tidbit for you. I appreciate that. I like that very much. And, of course, we've actually... I've unintentionally stayed into that by bringing up the Beatles experimentation with psychedelia in this very podcast. This so maybe, maybe things really are all connected. You know? Mine is more plot-based and not as interesting as your arm Paul spot, but it was just a little thing that I, too, intentionally left out with the description of Bojack and Charlotte and their daughter, Harper, in the little house by the lake. Um, it's just a really sweet moment between father and daughter where Bojack's teaching her to swim. Um, she's in the lake and she's lying on her back and she's looking up at the sky, uh, but it's the middle of the day. It's bright sunshine, and she just asks uh, Bojack where the stars go, um, and he just reassures her. He just says, oh, the stars are still there, we just can't see them because the sun is shining. And I just thought in an episode full of powerful lines that comment on the mistakes that Bojack has made, the poor choices, the just the poor things in general that he's done, this was one of the more potent because it was Charlotte that offered him the life away from all of this. It was Charlotte that offered him a life where the sun was shining. He wouldn't have been the star that he ultimately became through horsing around but he still would have been a star. Look at him being a star there as a father. Look at him being a star as a husband. There's just a functioning member of this beautiful little society they've got. You just couldn't see it because the sun was shining. There's something about the way that he's having this interaction with Harper, this fictional made-up kid that he could have had or could one day have. Mm. It's just it kind of added that, didn't it? It really added to that, like the impact of that quote. Well, as well, the, the mention of the weather and the sun shining, when every real life scene, it was raining. It was yeah. grey. It was horrible. It was, again, it was just, it was one of them, obviously, them just them visual metaphors that they enjoy on Bojack Horseman, but um, all the more potent in, like, again, it just, it's so, obviously, everybody should watch this episode, and we're hoping if they're listening along that everybody is anyway, but in terms of visuals, with everything being nailed so perfectly, this didn't rely on anything psychedelic. It was all realistic, but that was the most beautiful. Mm. You didn't need wild animation or strange visuals or Diane turned into a blob. You needed a perfect visual of a perfect life, and that's one of the easiest things to draw, in essence. Yeah, it's such a jarring visual as well. Like, the two, it, like, really was, like, the the contrast of that happy life and his weird psychedelic moments, but then his actual real life as well. It just makes it look like toilet, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Like, this is the point where Bojack wakes up in a car park covered in his own sick after another stupid, pointless bender. <laughs> the, Just The downer ending, the titular downer ending of this episode is every single ending of anything that ever happens to Bojack. It's the ending of this episode. It's the ending of this flashback. It's the ending of the discussion on his fantasy where he kills himself in the lake. It's the ending of a discussion where he, his friends try to kill him. It's the ending of him needing to pick up some crumbs off the floor. Every single ending is a downer ending in Bojack's Every life. Every single one of them. Poor <laughs> Bojack, eh? Never mind. Well, now that you've left on such a happy note, 
we might as well just quickly plug before we head off. So as always, you can find Podcast Horseman on the socials, Twitter or Instagram, at Podcast Horseman. For all things Podcast Horseman related, send us your favourite bits of the show. Just if you want to have a chat, by all means, give us a give us a message. Or you can just keep up to date with everything that's happened with the pod. We'll go through that Twitter account. You can also follow either of your hosts. You can follow myself, Adam Nicholas, at It's Adam Nicholas. Or you can follow Michael Hamflit At Michael Hamflit. You can indeed uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow along on Spotify. You can listen on Acast. And again, go through those tweets at Podcast Awesome on Twitter. And you'll find every single episode of the podcast embedded every Friday. Um, and, of course, leave us a five-star review if you are able to on your podcast app, which is what... Who's their dog did as they become this week's member of the Hollywood Talk of Fame. Thank you, Who's That Dog, for this lovely message. Subtitled The Cat's Meow. Uh, Lovely five stars. And in the review, it says, My only regret about this podcast is starting it within days of the first episode airing because now I can't binge several episodes back to back. Oh, we're really sorry about that, but we hope you enjoy it all (laughs) on time. And I'm not going to do this just as reading this out, but as a prick with a prickly in brackets a podcast listener no other show will do love the show and love the fresh pair of eyes you guys are bringing to it thank you very much who's that dog who indeed is that dog a five very much a star on the hollywood talk of fame is coming your way at podcast horseman on all the socials absolutely i love this you know love i love this interaction and it's always nice to hear that people are enjoying it too and it's always nice to have an ego stroke too anyway (laughs) um let's quickly touch on what is coming next week on our last episode for the season Ah, ah. well how have we got to this point look at us who knew eh uh season one not me there he is season one episode 12 this one's titled later a little sign off michael the last episode of season one we have here and the synopsis is months after his memoir is released oh so a time jump here bojack's being considered for a role that's a lifelong dream Mm, i wonder what that could be well i mean we've had a downer ending now so it's nice for him to get some good news surely that is what will happen adam nicholas I mean, like, not like anything in this show has told me otherwise. <laughs> anyway, as always, I have been Adam Nicholas. I've been Michael Hamlet, And this has been Podcast Horseman. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.